Sangha is invited to go back to our breathing so that our collective energy of mindfulness will bring us together as an organism, going as a river with no more separation. Let the whole Sangha breathe as one body, chant as one body, listen as one body, and transcend the frontiers of a delusive self, liberating from the superiority complex, the inferiority complex, and the equality complex.
Dear Sangha, today is the 24-11 November 2013. We are in the lower hamlet in the winter retreat 2013-2014. The, the word no one is our first love. It's part of the song. The first, the 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 word uh, word only one is the pure love, and it mean it means that there's no last love. That you are thus, you are the stream that flows through endless lifetime of samsara, but but always new. The purpose of the practice is to is to generate, first of all, generate joy and happiness, peace, and uh, and then also to manage and to take care of our suffering. And we have to learn how to to how to do these two practices. First of all to generate peace, joy, happiness, to generate, to, to, to cultivate, generating, producing, fabricating. It's not there and we have to generate it. Just like, just like a farmer, there's no grains, and he has to generate to produce grain. We don't have tofu, and we have to make tofu. We have to produce tofu. And as a practitioner, we have to be able to generate peace, joy, and happiness. And whenever we want to generate it, we can do it. And we generate with energies, mindfulness, concentration, and insight. If we want to generate peace, joy, and happiness, we have to have the energies of mindfulness, concentration, and insight. Therefore, when we walk, when we stand, when we sit, when we work, we have to generate mindfulness, concentration, and insight. And that with this energy that we can, that we can cultivate, peace, joy, and happiness. And so when we sleep, sweep the floor, we have to sweep in a way that we have mindfulness, concentration, and insight. When we brush our teeth, we have to brush our teeth in a way that, that we have mindfulness, concentration, and insight. When we use the toilet, when we, we defecate or urinate, we have to have mindfulness, concentration, and insight. And when we have these three energies, then we can have, we can have peace, joy, and happiness. There are men there are practitioners who practice for many years but they haven't they don't change too much and they don't have joy because they don't know how to generate mindfulness and concentration and insight. And for us if we know how to practice then every step, every breath, every action can generate mindfulness, concentration and insight. And therefore Peace, peace, joy, happiness 
are present. And the second purpose of our practice is to manage, to manage our suffering, our frustration, oppression, anything that oppresses us, anything that that makes us um, feel frustrated, and and to to manage our suffering. First of all, we need to gen- to recognize our suffering. We embrace our suffering. We look deeply into our suffering, and then we can begin to transform our suffering. And but we still need to use the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight. So we can say that mindfulness, concentration, and insight is the source of happiness. They are the energies that help us to manage our suffering. When we learn the Four Noble Truths, we have the, we have the, we have a notion that there is a, there's a, um, there's an end. There's the, the, so the first truth, and that there's an end, and that we have to get to that end. And so the first of the sec- first of the noble truth is suffering. The second is the make the the making of suffering. There's a way that we live a lifestyle that creates that creates suffering. It's a suf- it's a it's a lifestyle without without mindfulness, concentration, and insight. It's a way of living that brings suffering. We can say that uh, the is a, a path leading to suffering, a path of suffering. And cool is suffering, first noble truth. And when we talk about the third noble truth, yik, which is cessation. We're talking about the absence of suffering, the transformation of suffering. The transformation of suffering means the presence of, of peace. It's the opposite. It's the opposite of ko, the third. The third truth is the opposite of the first truth. Therefore, when we talk about the four, when we talk about four noble truths, and we only emphasize on the suffering, then it's not not true because the four noble truths is also talking about happiness, because the first set of the noble truth is talking about suffering and and ways that bring suffering, and the second set is it's, um, it's uh, the cessation of suffering and how to end suffering, the path leading to the end of suffering. So if, and so if there's happiness, then there's a path that leads to happiness, which is the Four Noble Truth Tao, the path. Tao uh, is the path. It's also a path, but instead of taking us to suffering, it leads us to happiness. 
We have to be careful. We have to be careful because we have to say that it's the path leading to suffering and it's a path leading to happiness. There are two ways of saying the way leading to suffering, the way leading to happiness. We don't use in Plum Village, we don't use this. We don't use this way of speaking. But we only say, we only say, a path of suffering or the path of happiness. We don't use the word leading to, because the word leading to reflects a a a dualistic way of thinking, because we imagine that there's a path. A long path, very arduous path, and that it leads to happiness. A, our, our, our purpose, our destination, happiness, peace. So in our way of thinking, we think that a path is just a path. And happiness is just happiness. And so when we are on the path, we're not happy. That we have to go all the way to the end of the path to get to happiness. And that's wrong view. That's, that's wrong thinking. And that the path is different from 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 um, from happiness and that the end the means is different from the end one one side is the mean the other side is the end and this way of thinking is dualistic and that happiness the path is different from happiness it's a dualistic thinking and that we think that this path has to be difficult difficult and that we we have to struggle to get to our 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 purpose, our destination, which is happiness. And there's a um, there's a proverb that says that now we have to we have to work hard, uh, we have to plow the land so that in the future uh, we can have the harvest. Mm, and it, and but. But in, in reality is that when while we are plow, plowing the land, working on the land, we can be happy as well because we have our family, we have the land to work on. So so now now we have to be hard uh, and to plow the land to work on in the field. Husband, wife and and the buffalo had to work really hard. And so that's that way of thinking is dualistic because while we are plowing the land, we have a wife, we have a husband, we have a buffalo, we have the land. That's already that's already uh, happiness. Bây giờ khu nhập đến ngày phong lưu that means that uh, now we are we struggle, we work hard so that in the future we have a bright bright future, and that is not true. It's dualistic way. And so the path 
to happiness is not a difficult and hard path. It's not a path of asceticism. But on that path, we have every step of our, every step that we make can be happiness. And that there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. And that's the, the teaching of the Buddha. And this happiness, when we go to, to its highest, um, highest level of happiness, is really nirvana, niroda. And Plum Village way of looking at it is that the path is really, is really happiness. And that the path of suffering is really suffering. And so that's why we have the calligraphies, like there's no way to peace, peace is the way. There's no way to happiness, happiness is the way. There's no way to peace, peace is the way. And that our path that we're walking on has to be, has to be peaceful and has to be um, happy. And that it is, um, and so violence, guns, animations, that we have, we say that we have to use these to get to happiness, then it's wrong. Because the, uh, they say that I have to, I have to use the bomb, I have to kill in order to be, to have peace. And this means of, of using bombs, of using animations, um, then then the end is also uh, uh, the end is also violence because the end cannot be peace, and that every step is should be peaceful. Every word should have the spirit of peace in it. In our thoughts, it should be the the spirit of of peace in it, and so peace is the way. And happiness is the same. That if we that we do things that are that we have to suffer right now, then we wouldn't we wouldn't be happy. But right now we have to be we have to be happy, and that the end and the mean are the same thing. There is no happiness. Happiness is the way, and that there's no way to nirvana. Nirvana is the way. Nirvana is the substance of uh, no birth, no death, no being, no non-being. And when we, when we come in touch with the, the and with no birth, no death, then there's no fear. And so every step walking on this path, we can come in touch with the, the non, no, 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 no birth, no death. And so, Peace is in every step, and that nirvana is in every step, and that it's not at the end of the path. And so in Plum Village, when we learn the Four Noble Truths, we say that, we say that nowadays, the path to happiness is really happiness, and the path to suffering is really suffering. And so when we are in sitting meditation, we shouldn't say that, we are sitting so that we can have happiness and enlightenment. That we should see that happiness is, a sitting is happiness. Sitting is 
is enlightenment. And and when we sit and we struggle, we suffer when we sit, then it's not a correct way of sitting. We have to sit in a way that when we sit, we have peace, we have joy, we have happiness. And that you have to succeed when you are in sitting meditation. You have to sit in a way that you can have peace, joy, and happiness. You have whatever you do, as long as you have peace, joy, and happiness. Otherwise, it's n- it, you're not sitting. You're not doing sitting meditation. You're just struggling. You're sitting in the dark cave, dark hole. This is a challenge that when we sit, we have to have peace, joy, and happiness. Because sitting meditation is a time that's easy to have happiness. It's easy to be enlightened. It's easy to to have joy. How do you sit? How do you breathe? How do you smile? That in those three, the, those half an hour, you can have peace, joy, and happiness, and that's your practice. That should be your practice. And if you can't do it, then you have to, to, to. You have to be able to do it because sitting meditation is opportunity. And later on, you will see that sitting, sitting is really a privilege. You see that sitting is really a privilege because many people out in the world they don't really have time to sit, to take care of our body and to take care of our mind, and we have time to sit. To take care of our body and mind, and sitting meditation. While we are doing sitting meditation, we have to generate peace, joy, happiness. And when we the our suffering surfaces, we have to be able to manage this suffering. And that's our privilege as a monastic. That's and that as a monastic. We we have to ask for that privilege. We have to ask for that right. We become monastic not to work all day long, but to to also have to have time to sit, and it's our privilege. We have to treasure it, and we have to sit in a way that we can we can have peace, joy, and happiness. And if we don't know how to do it, we have to go ask our older sisters and our older brothers, or our our younger sisters and brothers. Otherwise, it's a waste. It's a waste of our life. You can say that I, I practice to to serve the sangha and not to walk, uh, not to practice walking, not to practice sitting. But but uh, but serving the community is very good. But but that is not really. The main purpose of becoming a monastic, or not main purpose of a practitioner, and when we walk, it's the same thing. What do we do? What's the purpose of walking meditation? It's really nothing. We have to be able to see happiness in every step we make. We have to be able to do it, and mindfulness, concentration, and insight help us to do it.
when we climb the hill, the hill or or go down the hill or walk on the grass or on the on the pebble path, we can we can be happy. We can be happy when we walk from our quarter to the meditation hall to the dining hall. We can also be happy. For example, this morning when I was doing the when Thai was doing the mindful movements. These mindful movements uh, brings happiness to Thai. Thai is aware. Thai is mindful that Thai has two good feet, and that Thai can lift up, uh, can stand on one 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 leg, and lift the other, the lift the other leg, and that's mindfulness. Mindfulness of being aware of that he has good legs, and it's a matter of. Of awareness, and the venerable Min Jiao, who's the age of Thai, is no longer able to walk. His body is right now buried under the earth, and so that's mindfulness. Mindfulness means to remember. We're still young, and we can imagine that that one day we will be sitting on a wheelchair because we can no longer walk. The truth is. The truth is. The young brothers and sisters eventually will become old, and maybe they may have to be sitting on the the wheelchair. And even if you're just eighteen or nineteen years old, but one day you become an old man or old woman, and you may have to sit on a wheelchair. And when you think about that, when you see that, it's really insight. It's really mindfulness. When we when we see that, then happiness comes. And that happiness doesn't mean that we can that we have money that that we need money to go to the supermarket and to buy something, but it's really happiness coming from mindfulness, concentration, and insight. And when we have mindfulness, concentration, concentration, and insight, it's easy to generate mind, peace, joy, and happiness. And when we walk, we we can generate mindfulness, um, peace, joy, and happiness. We count. We we count the days that we still we will we can still live. It's not just the old people that die, but oh, a lot of young people died as well. A lot of young people in the world, when they are just twenty, twenty four, twenty five, they already die. So impermanence is is a mindful is a mindfulness concentration and insight. When we are mindful of impermanence. Then we treasure the the times, the hours, the days that we have, so that we can be happy. When we know, then we can be happy. When we are mindful, then our mind can be concentrated. And when we are concentrated, then we can see deeply. We can have insight. And when we we can see, when we can see that, then we treasure our our body, our mind, and whatever we still have. And so while we are walking. Every step should bring us, um, should nourish us. And every day, we have an hour to walk together with the sangha, and that's really our privilege. We always ask for our rights. For our, we should ask for these rights and privileges. But if we try to, to, um, to avoid uh, the session of walking meditation, then it's really. Our loss. 
and that we have we 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 not just have one hour of walking meditation, but in Plum Village, everywhere we walk, it should be uh, mindful walking. Whether we walk into a room, to the meditation hall, to the toilet, that it's our right or our privilege to walk mindfully to generate uh, peace and happiness, and that's our privilege. That's our right, and that we have that we can live like that. We can walk peacefully. And so enlightenment, nirvana, are not the means, are not the ends that we can reach in the future. They have to be present here in the moment, in the present moment. And that we will learn later that nirvana can be found in birth and death, and that happiness can be found right in suffering. And and freedom can be found in our busyness. If we have mindfulness, concentration, and insight, what we call mind busyness is no longer no longer busyness. We are working in a meditation hall. We are cleaning our house, or we're cooking. Before we think it, it's uh, busyness, but when we have mindfulness, concentration, and insight. They're no longer busyness. To be able to cook, what, make tea for the sangha, to 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 have the opportunity to take care of the meditation hall for the sangha, it's really an opportunity for happiness and no longer hard work, and that every action can bring happiness. So we have to remember that in Plum Village. We don't say a path leading to happiness. We should say a path of happiness. So when we, after we receive the five trainings and practice the five trainings, then we are on the path of noble eight noble path. The path, the path of noble eightfold is really the path of uh, of happiness. And that, if we think that the path of eightfold path. It's a path where we struggle, we we have to to suffer while on it. Then we're wrong. It is a path of happiness. It is, it is not a path leading to happiness, but it is really a path le- of happiness. Last week we learned that soup contact as one of the five mental formations, five universal. Mental formation. Five universal, being Han. And so, in 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 the sastras, the definition of suk contact means that suk or contact comes into being when three things come uh, come together. Um, Stiramati define contact as that. When three things are present, that the organ, object, and consciousness are uh, are present, then contact uh, takes place. We can be we can be mistaken. Then we can be mistaken that the environment is there, but if there's no consciousness, then there's no contact. There's o- organ. There's the organ. 
there's the object of, and there's the there's eyes, there's the image that we can see, that we can see, but consciousness. Where is consciousness that we have to say that consciousness has to be part of the three? And so when we study, we have to question. Even though our, the ancestor teachers said that, we have to ask our ancestor teachers the question. Organ, object, and, and, and consciousness. Gang, gang is organ. Gan is object, and th is consciousness. These three things are present for contact to for contact to to be born. That's the way it was taught, and we have to ask the ancestor this question. I, I see there's the organ, there's the eye. I can see there's the object, the object, this, the image. I can see these two, but I don't see, I don't see consciousness. And I can still have contact. So, anyone can answer this question for the ancestral teacher? Because in the organ, in our in our sense organs, in our five sense organs, there is the nervous systems. Gang organ has two parts, two kinds. Fu zheng gang that means um, organs. Crude, such as the form of the the form of the organs. So the organ, as as for example, the eye. When in general, when we look at the eye, it's called a fu gang. It's a it's a crude. It's it's an object. It's something that that you can see. It's it's stands out that can be seen. But underneath, that's hidden under the organ, this organ, are the nerves. Just as like the optic nerves. Just like the nerves um, for the, for hearing. Tang ye means sero. Sero organs. Gross organ, pseudo organ. Because in the the pseudo organ, there there are nerves, the nerves for for smell, the nerves, and without the nerves, there's no contact. And this this organ is like a wave. Because. The organs are still alive. These organs are still alive because the dead person can, the dead person still have these organs, but there's no consciousness behind it. There's no grow. The gross conscious, the gross organs are there, but the conscious, uh, the 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 subtle 
organs are no longer there. And a person who is in coma, and even though that person may, may, may be unconscious, but that person is still alive. Perhaps two or three hours later, that person may, may wake up again. When we throw cold water on the person's face, that person may wake up, or we may give that person a shot, that person may wake up. And when that person is in a coma, that person doesn't know anything. But the mind, but there is the mind. That mind, it sustains the life. And that mind is really store consciousness. There's no mind consciousness, but there is the store consciousness. There's no mind consciousness, so we can hear or see. But there is the store consciousness. If there's no store consciousness, then that person can die, can no longer feel anything. And so, and so in manifestation only, there is the word citta, which is the mind, manas, manas, which is mind and vishnana which is consciousness. Mind, citta, is different from mind, and mind is different from consciousness. When someone is in, uh, someone is an, in a coma or someone in deep sleep, then consciousness is no longer active. That person sleeps like a dead person, but that person is really not that dead because the, even though the consciousness is no longer functioning, but citta, the mind, is still working. And this mind here is really the store consciousness, the alaya. And, the, and the, when someone is in a coma but is still alive, then it's thanks to the store consciousness that is still functioning. And so, tuk is really alaya. Thak. Even tuk, which is tuk uh, eight, is really store consciousness. And that is still sustain the body, the li- life. And we know organ is there, the object is there, but we know Consciousness is there because we are alive. We are still alive. And in in when they three come together, and the basic of these three things comes together, then there's contact. And the ancestral teachers have defined that when there's contact, then the object and and organs, there's vibration, there's changes. There's, there's changes. There's, they're stimulated. It means that they're stimulated. This, uh, the, the organs and the object have are stimulated because of the, the, of, of, the, because an image comes into our organs, our, our eyes, and it creates a vibration. That's why there is uh, chitta. There's, I mean, there's contact. 
And so, in the Sastras, the ancestors said that when the organ and object and consciousness come together, it creates a, a vibration, it changes. It's stimulation that it stimulates and it vibrates in a way that contact takes place and that and that it's always there. Contact is is always taking place. Contact with um, the external and contact with the interior. And soup is one of the five universal mental formation because because it's taking place all the time. And it's the same thing with store consciousness. It's the same thing with, with mind consciousness and mind. And it's the same thing with mind consciousness. Chitta is, represents the eight consciousness, the store consciousness. The eight consciousness is really the store consciousness. And in the, the primal... Um, Buddhism, that uh, these three, three things are um, can are not distinguished, but in in but in the Mahayana tradition, these three things are clearly distinguished, and that the mana is the seven consciousness. Vishnana is the six plus six consciousness plus the five, the five sense uh, consciousnesses. Five plus six, five organs plus Vishnana is six, plus manas is seven, plus uh, chitta store is is eight. And now we. There's an there's an there's a notion that tang thak tang means store to store to store just like a a museum that has the museum storage that it stores all the old um, things so that they wouldn't get lost and that's the work of of store consciousness. Consciousness, store consciousness has the capacity to learn and has capacity to to maintain and preserving learning and preserving our experiences for example we learn a new song or we learn uh, English whatever we take in then our, our, the store consciousness learn the first the first time we sing it, we don't memorize it, and the second and the third time, it imprints very deeply in our store consciousness, and then automatically we can sing the song. And so it's called learning. It's like a, it's like a computer that receives all the information, and and preserve, and it has, it has the capacity to, to, to preserve and to maintain all these information so they are not lost and so that's the function of of the store consciousness. Hwangtap is training. Vasana is learning. 
so it becomes a habit. A, a habit. At first, it's not habitual, but then after some time, it becomes a ha- habit, just like driving. At the beginning, when we learn to drive, to drive, it's very difficult. We have to try very hard. But the more we we learn, then and then one day, we we can drive without effort, and that's called learning. Just like uh, uh, playing tennis. Maybe at the beginning, we we always hit the ball outside of the court. But then, so Hong is really to permeate. It permeates. For example, we have tea, and we put we put we put um, the the flower lotus flower lotus flower in the tea. We close the lid and we leave it overnight, and then the tea is permeated. And in the morning, when we take out the tea to 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 cook to drink, we can smell the 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 perfume of the lotus flower. That's called that's called Hung. Uh, it's it's training. It's learning. It's permeating. It's it's a. So when we learn how to play ping pong, we are training. We are learning. And then after some time, some hours, um, the we can play really well. And that mean also to train. That mean that we have to do it over, over, and over again. It becomes a hong tap. Hong tap mean training. And that it, after some time, it becomes natural for us. There's no struggle. There's no effort. Just like we can drive so easily without effort. We play the ping pong. Without thinking, we we can play really well without thinking, and that's the result of learning. And the store consciousness learns good things and also bad things. It can it does not distinguish. Its nature is neutral. That there's no that it takes in the. The the good, but it also takes the bad, and that the mind conscious has to distinguish the bad, the good, the the <laughs> the mind consciousness should say that store consciousness. Please don't take in the the bad. Please just take in the good, so that I can sleep tonight. Because in in Tang, there is the seed of mindfulness. There's all kinds of seeds, and in store. They're not just uh, seeds of experience, experiences we have, but but seeds of everything in the cosmos. The mountain, a mountain, a river that we see is really coming from the store consciousness. The the um, the cosmos. Um, The stars that we see are really coming from the store consciousness. Our body and the environment in which we are living in, uh, both of these are really coming from the store consciousness. Our body 
is the um, organ of bodily organ, physio. Since organ in the body and the environment where our body is, where our body lives in, it's called kiyo, the environment. It's the material, uh, the material. Ki is at the domain, the means of things, the realm of phenomena. store consciousness but it's also a collective consciousness we there's a word manifestation view we learned last week that view manifestation so it manifests so that we can see and so in our body and in the environment they are all manifested from the store consciousness and that store consciousness is not a self and it's not a separate self, individual self. It's really collective. And now we will use an example. An example that's the sea, the ocean. And from this dog, from this sea, it gives rise to a cloud. And we see the cloud in the sky is really coming from the water in the ocean and and tang store consciousness is is exemplified as the ocean and our body is like a cloud because without the ocean there's no cloud without the store consciousness there's no body and in catholicism they say the ocean is really god and that from God, there is there is um, there is all create creatures, and that the God is the Creator, Creator, and that everything that exists are creatures, and not o not only the ocean makes this cloud, but the ocean also make another cloud, and other clouds. And among these clouds, there is a there is a connection. There is a connection. The one cloud, this cloud, gives birth to another cloud. Another cloud transforms the other cloud, and they they have a intimate connection. Perhaps half an hour ago, 
a cloud. This cloud is small, but but now it's it's bigger because other clouds have intermingled in it, and so the cloud has no separate self. Sometimes we look at it, it has the shape of a shirt. Another time we look at it, it has. Uh, it, it looks like a dog or a pumpkin, so it's changing. They're changing all the time because they are. They have intimate connection. So, and this connection, this relationship, is called fab yuan kui. The interdependent, co-arising, fab yuan kui, co-arising. Interdependent arising among phenomena, just like a cloud. Thanks thanks to the the sun, the the light, the sunshine, the cloud, the earth, the rain, the 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 gardener. So all these things comes together to to make the flower, just like the. The the left is makes the right, and the top cre- makes the the bottom, and so these things inter interdependent. It's called interdependent arising, and so the birth of one thing depends on the birth of another thing, and everything is like that. And the relationship between phenomena phenomena. Is called this relationship between phenomena is called the realm of the interdependent between phenomena and domain. It means the realm of things or the realm of dharma, the realm of phenomena. means the 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 inter interrelated relationship. One thing is give birth, helps to give rise to another thing. The other thing helps to give rise to another thing. Just like the left helps to give rise to the right, the right gives helps to give rise to the left. And so it's called fabio yuinko. The inter um, um, inter co arising. Um, and so the sun gives rise to the clouds. But there's a relationship between the clouds and the sun because without the, uh, without the ocean, there's no clouds. And so, for the clouds, when they, it's the horizontal relationship between clouds. Among phenomena, there's a there's called horizontal phenomena, uh, horizontal relationship. But there's a vertical relationship, which means that all these phenomena has its roots in the in the ocean in the store consciousness and that and that in in manifestation on this school the ocean is really the foundation of all the manifestation and so this ocean is the the store consciousness alaya yunkai it's um, interarising with store consciousness that is the the relationship between man and cosmos. Relationship between the noumena and the phenomena. The relationship between the f- the noumena and the phenomena. Be- 
the relationship between the. Um, do you understand? Is is it complicated? It's very simple. Alaya consciousness. Alaya yunka. Alaya um, interdependent co-arising. Interdependent arising of store consciousness. Alaya. Alaya yunka is the is the vertical relationship and Fabio Yunkai um interdependent arising of all phenomena is the horizontal relationship. Is that e- is that understandable? Just like you are my students and that you you have relationship one another, it's the vertic it's the horizontal relationship. But your relationship with me is the vertical relationship. Can you see that? It's easy. But there's another kind of inter, um, inter-arising. It's complicated. Our ancestor created so many teachings that it complicates us. It's called is suchness. So it's the inter-arising of suchness. That means that all phenomena on the other side, there's birth and death. There's, there's being and non-being. There's big, there's small. There's suffering and happiness. When we look deeply in the depths of it, we see what we call birth and death, being and non-being, uh, before and after, they're just on the surface. But uh, on the depths of it, it's substance. There's no birth, no death, no going, no being, no, uh, no before, no after. And that's what is called Jungyu suchness. Rea- or reality as it is. Suchness or reality as it is. Reality, reality, reality as it is. Things as it is. This, um, the Shoah is this. Things as it is is a term from a philosopher. Things themselves things in themselves. That means that things in its true its true nature. It's called Jungyu suchness. So the feminine outside there's it seems like there's birth and death, being and no being coming and going. But look deeply into it, there's no birth, no death. No going, no coming. And that's the true nature of all phenomena. French, they use the word ansite to translate, to translate suchness. In English, jungyu is means suchness. It, it's, it's, it is as it is. There's no, no, 
there's no language to describe it. It's it's just you you can't not talk about it. That's what it means, suchness. So, if you come in from from a from a Catholic tradition, Christian tradition, you can see that there's the idea of God, that God as the foundation, it's a substance, it's suchness. And God is the word of being a no, being a no being, and that if you say God exists, is not it's not right. God is not be, no being is not right either because God transcends the idea of being a no being, birth or death. If you say that God is present, uh, God is is present, then you really lower, uh, lower, um, the. the God, that God doesn't stand any on one side. God embraces all. If we say God is present, then you really um, lower, lower uh, God. And if we say suchness is uh, is present or not present, it's really funny because suchness transcends. Um, these notions, and so, and between between these uh, phenomena, there is the relationship with its root, which is suchness, and it's called it's called the such inter arising of suchness. Fabio Yunkai is the relationship between our phenomena, alaya Yunkai is the relationship between the objects and its source, which is the store consciousness. And in science, they talk about uh, um, particles. They call and protons. Subparticles, subatomic particles. They say phenomena are really a field of forces. So, so it's the same thing. So in science, they. So it's the same thing as um, it. They're they're the foundations of all phenomena. And so in science, they have theories that talk about the foundation of phenomena. And they said, they said that um, the theory of court, that phenomenon is, some people said it's, it's the, the foundation of the, the particles. But in Buddhism, we say that all phenomenon is manifestation from store consciousness, and alaya is store. This is, is similar to subatomic particles or the fields of forces, force field. But all becomes the, the substance and that our purpose of looking for suchness 
and our purpose of looking for suchness. And in 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 the in Christianity, the majority of people are attached, are caught in the dualistic um, notion that that the root of all phenomena, which is God, is not phenomena. The phenomena are the creature, a creature. While while God is the creator, and that we don't have permission to to mix those two, to the creature and creator. The creator is a creator, and creature are just creature. You cannot. You cannot, um, and so a lot of uh, Christians really get caught in this, this, um, this dualistic thinking. They don't see that, and that outside they don't know that outside of creature we cannot find the Creator. But in in manifestationalist school, we know that. Even though this is the ocean and this is the cloud, but within the cloud we can see the ocean, because the cloud is the ocean. There's the, and that that suchness, the suchness, that suchness is can be found within the cloud. And for a Christian who's wise, she can look into the flower and can see the the God, see God, the Creator. Just like Francis um, Assisi, one day he was walking, doing walking meditation, and he came upon an almond tree. And he said, "Dear almond tree, tell me, tell me about God." And then the almond tree blossom, blossom with flowers, and that's the language of the almond tree. And the almond tree said, "This is God." This is this is this is God, and if so, you go to a rose and you said, "Dear rose, tell me what is God," and the rose will laugh at you and they said, "The rose is God." And so, and so, Nirvana, or the Pure Land, or Suchness, they are all in each flower, in each leaf, and in every in each particle. And so we have to transcend the thinking, dualistic thinking, and never see that God is something else, and creature, uh, the the, are something else. Of all phenomena, um, between all phenomena, its relationship between all phenomena. Pháp giới duyên khởi. And when we go into 
manifestation-only teachings, we see that all these phenomena, all all these phenomena, arise from the foundation is at the the store consciousness, and that vertical relationship is called is called interarising of uh, interarising of uh, of store consciousness. When we look deeply into the the phenomena, we see the the root of it, the foundation of it, the store consciousness. Now we ask the question, where's alaya? And we have to see that alaya is in every pebble, every leaf, every mountain, every star. That alaya are there; they're not outside. When we look in that way, then we will not get caught. In, in a dualistic thinking. So we ask, where is my store consciousness? And we, the answer is, alaya, store consciousness is in our body. Store consciousness is everywhere, outside and everywhere. And that our store consciousness is not individual store con- uh, store consciousness, but it's it's not just a collective store consciousness either. We, the cloud does not say that this belongs to me. The, the cloud would not say if the cloud say the ocean belongs to me, then it's not correct, because the other cloud is also coming from the ocean, from the store consciousness. So our brother and sisters, our friends, are coming from the same root and from that root, and that among us there's very intimate intimate relationship. We we have the same parents, same fathers, some mothers, and in manifestations only school, these mothers and fathers are really the store consciousness. And so we are also the father, we are the mother, we are the store consciousness. We are all manifestation of store consciousness, of Alaya. So we have to memorize this, these three terms, the relationship among phenomena, a relationship with store consciousness, and relationship with suchness. One another example, one thing that's called H2O. We call it HIO. It's it's in it's a store consciousness of something something else. H two can manifest as the cloud. When we look at the cloud, we can see H two O. When we look into snow, we can also see H two O. And when we look into ice, we also see H two O. When we look into a river, we also see it. When we look into a cup of tea, we also see H2O. When we look into our blood, we also see H2O. So we see the cloud, the snow, the ocean, blood, sweats, they are all manifestation of H2O and that 
H2O is an example of store, store consciousness. But H2O, we, we, we don't need to look for it anywhere far. We can look for it right in the cloud, in the snow, in the ice, in our sweat, in our blood. That's what it means. Uh, our store consciousness is the same thing. And among these things, there is a relationship among this because because water water this water if we cooked it if we boiled it it becomes vapor And therefore, water can be transformed into vapor, and vapor can become cloud. The vapor is a form of cloud, and that cloud can become snow. The snow can become ice. So, so there is there is the relationship between this among these things, and it's called um, a phenomena, a relationship of phenomena. And that they, these things have a relationship with H H two O, and and so it's 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 an example of of store consciousness. We don't say that H two O is store consciousness. Or Thai will be in trouble if we say store consciousness is H two O. This is an example for us to see, um, to understand this teaching between consciousness and all phenomena. Manas, translated as mind, is also coming from the manifested from the store consciousness. Alaya, um, the store consciousness is a lever. The clouds, these clouds that we see manifested, they. They all they think that they're each one of them think that they're the best cloud, they're the most beautiful clouds, that we are not the other cloud. There's this uh, delusion that I am I am not you, you are not me. Perhaps you may die before I do. I, and so there's this there's this thing among the clouds. There's this complexity among the clouds. There's and that creates jealousy and anger among the clouds. They don't know that they don't have a separate self. They are really brothers and sisters to one another, that they are manifested from the, the same root. And manas is, manas is coming from citta. Manas is manifested from store consciousness. And it believes, mana believes that there's a self that it needs to treasure, to to take care, to protect, to serve. That is its lover. Store consciousness. In the store consciousness, there are seeds. Good seeds, such as mindfulness, concentration, and insight, 
uh, compassion, joy, loving kindness. But there are other other seeds such as illusion, suspicion, ignorance. There's the seed of uh, insight. There's the seed of ignorance. When there's insight, then there's also ignorance. When there's the right, then there's the left. If there's this is this teaching is called tương đại tương đại. It means that when there's one thing, then there's another thing. Tương đại inter inter tương đại. Here is not mean to wait. Oh, it means to wait. They it means it means they wait for one another to manifest together. So they are um, just like the right and the left. There they have the left and the right have to manifest together. There's the left cannot manifest before the right. And so when God said light manifest and light said dear God I need to wait and then God said what do you wait for and and God said and the the light said I need to wait for darkness because I cannot manifest I cannot come without the dark and so for light and darkness when there's one and there's the other. And then God said, but the darkness is there. And and the light said, if God, the darkness is already there, then I'm already there. So there cannot be the left without the right. This is it's similar to to the um, the theory of symmetry. When that there's when there's suffering, then there's happiness. There's the left, then there's the right. If we say that there's there's suffering in the world, then it's not right. If there's the long, there's then the short. If there's the joy, then there's the um, if there's happiness, then there's the suffering. And that we all wait, they all wait to manifest together, just like. There's birth and there's death. There's the coming and there's the going. There's the one and there's the all, the other. And that's what it's called, tương đại. So in our stored consciousness, there's the Buddha. We have a seed of a Buddha. But we also have the seed of Mara, because without the seed of Mara, there's no seed of Buddha. Chúng sinh sentient beings, our people are those who suffer. But but without the sentient beings, there's no Buddha. That's It's very strange like that. If the Buddha cannot manifest without the sentient beings, where is the Buddha? The Buddha is coming from the sentient beings. Thanks to the sentient beings that there's the Buddha. So when there's the Buddha, then there has to be the sentient being. Just like there's mud, 
when there's mud, there's the lotus. When there's lotus, then there's mud. That's the teaching called tương đại. I don't know what it's called in English, tương đại. So in our store consciousness, there's the seed of insight, but there's also the, in, the seed of illusion, delusion. And so our craving, our desire, creates an energy that's called manas. It, the, so these seeds manifest from the store consciousness in a form of in a form of of uh, is a form of um, um, perception in a form of um, intuition and it comes back to the store consciousness and embraces the store consciousness so it manifests from the store consciousness and then it goes it goes back to the store consciousness embrace it and makes it in into itself into its lover that it has to love to protect to take care and so the the contact between manas and store consciousness create an object and this object is the lover and manas is the is the just like when we fall in love with someone we think we really love that person but the truth is that we really love the image that we created of that person in ourselves and that person may be beautiful from inside out from top to bottom that, she, that she's a perfect person. We create an ideal lover. When we love, we, we tend to create an image of our beloved. And only when we live with that person for three or four years that we know. We know that image. It's only a creation of our own, own mind and that it's not real. And so manas is it's manifested from the 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 craving and the illusion of store consciousness and then em- go back and embrace part of the store consciousness and it creates that into a self itself its its lover that needs to be protected the beloved oh yes the beloved that needs to be protected and cared and so, and so, mind consciousness. We we have to uh, to make use of mind consciousness to shine uh, mindfulness into into manas and help manas to transform its delusion. It helps it helps manas to see the light of non non self. One time. I went to Italy for a retreat and I passed by a field a field of olive trees and and I was very surprised because they were they they, they plant olive trees trees in clumps. Usually they grow the plant 
these trees separately, far apart. But this field of orchard of of orchard of plum tree of of olive tree, they were all in clumps. And they asked, inquire about it, and they they said, it's not really. That's not how they're planted. They were growing individual plants, but at one year it was so cold that all the leaf trees died. But they were not completely died. A few years later, um, um, of several several new tree were coming from the root of the of this dead olive tree. And so when we look at this clump, we feel as if they're separate trees, but they're really coming from the same root. And so Thay was teaching to the children uh, at the retreat that when the children look at these clumps of three or four olive tree, they can, if they, if we, if it's these trees, if this olive tree said, "I am separate from you, you're separate from me," that I'm more beautiful than you, and they fight and they argue one another, but they don't see that there are three or four olive trees, but they're really coming from. They're really, if they look deeply into their their root, they are, they they have the same roots, they have their same root in that. They may be separate, but they are connected with the other olive trees. They're, and so it's the same thing with this. And another example is that we we use flour and sugar, and we make we make uh, a cake, we make muffin, and we put them all in the oven, and they and that these different muffin they fight one another and they argue one another for space but they didn't know that they are all coming from one dove same dove and so manas is covered it's it's been um, covered up food i mean it's been concealed or covered uh obstructed and wofu um Store consciousness is full, is unobstructed, is, is, is not covered, covered up. That is called. Store consciousness is not uh, obstructed, is not, but, but manas is obstructed. And that the sixth consciousness, mind consciousness, has to bring in the torch of mindfulness and shine into the, the manas and, 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 Tell manas that that the beloved is not really is itself. That the soul consciousness is not is it's it's beloved self. So soul conscious uh, manas is ca- characterized by uh, with with ngashi with um, with an illusion of itself. Just like those olive trees, they have an illusion that they are, they have a separate self. And the second thing is called ngakiyeng, a view of a view of a separate self, ignorant of a self, a wrong view of self. Ngakiyeng, Among. Among. It's a complex of itself. 
complex of of um, superiority, inferiority, or equality, and these three things are complexes. Complex. These three complexes. These complexes are that we 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 are better, we are we are equal, or we are are not as better as the other person. And in the West, they said, "What is what's wrong with equality? That equality is not a complex, because in in Buddhism we say that equality. Oh, uh, because in their 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 constitution they say that." All men are created equal, but but in Buddhism there's no self, and that there's no comparison. There's no comparison. There's no self, so there's no comparison. So there's no um, a complex of equal or higher, uh, better or or lower. And so in Buddhism there's there's the we're free from the, I- the the idea of superiority and inferiority, but we also have to transcend the complex of equality as well to so that I is it's um love lover love 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 a lover of self love self. So this seven seven manas a seven consciousness is called a lover, and this eight is the the base. So manas is called a lover. Bang, the root or the base, and the six consciousness in the five other consciousnesses. And the seven consciousness is very, it's very deluded, it's very ignorant. So we have to practice to transform it. First of all, it tends to seek. It tends to seek um, pleasure. There's that's it, that's there's the, the the motivation, the push, uh, the tendency to look for pleasure. That's the work of work of manas, pleasure seeking. That's the characteristic of the seventh consciousness. Seeking pleasure. It's the second is um, avoiding suffering. Avoiding suffering and hardship. If we if we are afraid of suffering and hardship, that's where it's coming from, manas. In each one of us, there is uh, suffering, and we don't have the capacity, and we don't want to come back. We don't want to come back to take care of the suffering, because we see we we don't feel comfortable. We don't feel comfortable with them, and so manas is not just looking for pleasure. But it's also a motivation, a push for us to to not come back to ourselves, uh, so that we can confront our suffering and deal with our suffering. It 
it pushes to look for internet magazines, um, music or movies or sex to to forget to forget the suffering in ourselves, and that's the work of manas because it af it's afraid of suffering. And the third characteristic of manas, it does not see. The, the danger <laughs> it decides so it doesn't it does not see the danger of seeking for pleasure of this it it ignores it ignores the danger of of de of pleasure seeking so the seventh consciousness comes from the store consciousness and embraces the store consciousness as its beloved so it doesn't the seventh consciousness does not see the danger the danger uh, brought about by pleasure seeking. Therefore, six consciousness has to be present to to invite the bell of mindfulness and to warn to warn the to warn of its of the danger. There is some young man who download um, from the internet. Typhoon said that majority of young people go up online, and and they t and they they tend to to look for um, images of sex. And up there on the internet, there's just so many many of these images that they're uh, hell or heaven. They're there too. Most young people really download images of sex, and when this image appear on the screen, they water, they water the seed of, of, um, of this, of desire and and sexual desire, and and motivate and push people to go. And satisfy these needs, and so a lot of people go and seek uh, pleasure in in sexual pleasure, and they destroy they destroy their body, and and uh, also created they created um, suffering mental suffering for many people, and that seeking for sexual images. Um, on the internet can really destroy your body and your mind. And Manas does not know about that. So man, uh, the sixth consciousness, the mind consciousness, has to practice, has to bring the torch of mindfulness and shine on it so that the seven conscious Manas can see it, can see. It, um, the sixth consciousness has to bring 
the, the light of mindfulness, concentration, and insight into manas. And so, the the, the the seventh consciousness does not see the goodness, the goodness, the benefit, the benefits of suffering. I mean, of suffering. Yes. Suffering can teach us a lot. Suffering can help us understand and love. Suffering is the first noble truth. If we look deeply into it, if we we have, if we if we can embrace it, look at it look deeply into it, and then we can understand it. We have the insight into it. And if we understand, then we can love. And when we understand and love, then we no longer suffer. And we see clearly that when we see clearly when we look at someone and we see the suffering of that person, and we see, we see that that person is the victim of his suffering, that person doesn't know how to practice it, and deal with his suffering, then we, that's why he suffers. Then if we see that, then it gives rise to understanding and love. And when there's understanding and love, then we wouldn't get angry at that person. We don't blame that person. We don't want to to, to punish that person. Um, instead, we want to do something so that that person can suffer less. So love and compassion comes from comes from suffering and so suffering play an important role that thanks to suffering that we can we can have understanding and love just like thanks to mud that we have the lotus but manas does not see that manas does not see the goodness and benefit of suffering and so etak my uh, mind consciousness six consciousness uh, practices mindfulness, concentration, and insight, and bring the light of of bring the light into the seven consciousness, and tell the seven consciousness that thanks to suffering, that we can we can have understanding and love and transform the suffering. And so, the sixth consciousness is the gardener, and the eighth consciousness is the garden. And the seventh consciousness are the sources, are the sources and elements that that darken, darken the garden. And the fifth characteristic of manas, the seven, um, the characteristic of the seventh consciousness is that it. It does not know the law of moderation. So manas ignores the law of moderation. It looks for pleasure, and it continues to uh, to destroy itself. It continues to 
uh, to seek endlessly and 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 eating meat, drinking, taking drugs, smoking, drinking, or sensual sensual pleasure. It does not know the law of moderation, and so my sixth consciousness has to bring the torch in and say, "Stop." It is, and and even those things may be really good for you, but you have to eat it in moderation, otherwise you may be sick. Uh, but there are things, but but let alone things are, that are toxic. And so that's the sev- the characteristic of the seven ma- uh, consciousness. When if there's if there's seven consciousness, then there is something, there's a consciousness that's hidden in it. Just like there is, uh, if there's mud, then the lotus is hidden in it. And what's hidden in the seventh consciousness is called non-discriminative wisdom. Bindang is is Bindang um, is equality. Wisdom. The wisdom of non-discrimination. This is a wisdom that see non-self, and that the six if the sixth consciousness continues to shine mindfulness into the seventh consciousness, then one day consciousness can become will become non-discriminative wisdom, and that and that it will see the interconnectedness between all things. And that I is that I is you, and you you are I, you are me, and that's when we can we can suffer less. Knowing the law of moderation, then we can uh, we can protect our our bodily and mental health.